Can you put your finger on why your players weren't up for an occasion like this? Nope. Dembele, delightful take. Forrest now, and it's Rogic. And it's a familiar story. Tom Rogic. You're listening to the Grand Old Podcast. My name is Hamish Carton and Celtic have won a match, so we are back. John McGinley's back. Yeah, I'm back, Glory Hannon. It's good to be back. Paul Fisher. Hello, hello. <laughs> That's a good way to start a podcast and oh, a old firm again. match day, if I'm allowed to use that, that dogged term, old firm. Go ahead, um, the podcast was simply the best, are you? <laughs> Who would do that? Who would do that? Now I've got a few suggestions. As I was thinking of the, the kind of outro song, and I'm sure we'll have a wee gab about it later. Um, but yeah, guys, we, we are back. Uh, as as the joke goes, Celtic won a match, so the grand old podcast returns. Uh, it's only been probably about three weeks since we last did a podcast. It's, it's um, four weeks actually. It's four weeks. Is it yeah, a full we're... calendar month? Mm-hmm. I know you were away in a stag do, John. Yes. And uh, Paul's probably been busy doing fun things as well. So just inform the listeners what you've been up to in the last month or so. Me, I have been watching the Bulls in the Commonwealth Games, <gasps> running slowly. And watching football, pretty much, that's about my whole month has been taken up with. John? Yeah. Same. Well, actually, not the same at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't bones. know why I said that. Uh, I've just been working, just the usual nonsense. Um, had a stag do, my sister's getting married next week, so we're just kind of getting prepared for that. Looking forward to it. Well, that may well be a glorious Sunday for many reasons, but chances are it won't be this Sunday for, for enjoyment. Um, because it was just an incredible day and uh, I believe, well I don't believe, I know because it was me that suggested it but we are going to bring back a fabulous feature from last season it's like last season all over again John Yeah, it is, yeah, we're bringing back a, a top 10 list or, yeah, I'm excited about it, it was, this, is, this is my favourite time to do the podcast when we put together a list like this so I'm excited to get into it Yeah, is, is top 10 stretching it or did we have enough content 
I have more than 10 on my own, so I'm sure <laughs> between us we'll have uh, 10. Yeah, we were watching the game today and we were messaging each other and we thought, this is too funny not to do a podcast of a top 10 funniest moments versus National Lampoon's Rangers. So hmm. um, I'm looking forward to this. I've got loads and loads. I think I've got more than I did for the 5-1 game at Ibrox. So we'll yeah. see how it goes. Previous three Glasgow derbies this season uh, against that mob have... Um, uh, we've won two of them and we drew the other one, but there's not really been too many comical moments I mean I think it was this season that Windass wiped out Caichinha on the touchline and yeah. there was a couple of Lee Griffiths ones but to be honest um, they've kind of been a bit short supply so I think they all just came in one today uh, <laughs> and I think what we'll do is we'll just discuss these moments and with that we will um, no doubt discuss actually what happened during the match in a more serious point if it's possible mm-hmm. to be serious about a 4-0 win at Hamden against Rangers <laughs> um, so Paul you, you kick us off with uh, with, what was your um, what kind of what moment made you chuckle? Maybe not piss yourself laughing, but uh, what kind of moment made you have a wee smile? Um, there's a few that my list is great, and just looking at it is making me laugh again. Um, I think the first thing, or I don't know, the one that I kind of was the first kind of real chuckle was um, the fact that Graham Murray thought it sensible to make a sub in the 39th minute of the game. It's totally bizarre time to make a substitution the fact that it was Andy Halliday was stropping off was great as well um, and it just showed the complete ineptitude of the of the Rangers side on the day um, and it set the tone for yeah. what was to come in the second half I think I, I've got this down as Andy Halliday's a series of unfortunate events <laughs> so and, bad. and we'll probably get the same maybe four events yeah yeah it's like all in one but oh, it could be five and so on I've got why, why don't we why don't we take the, the listeners through the, the day of Andy Halliday then yeah, from about so, two, 2 onwards the first um, one I got I, that could be on its own is being selected in the first yes. place <laughs> yes I've got Andy Halliday in general written down yeah. yes. <laughs> um, um, so I mean a guy explain the story again to any listeners who don't know where is he? he's been in Azerbaijan hasn't he he's in Azerbaijan until they went on that training camp to Florida when kind of Murti got full control of the mm. squad and the Simpsons were there weren't they Kishinya debacle because he fell out with Kishinya and he came back in, I think he's made one appearance all se- or, or one start all season uh, before today. And he got selected for their biggest game of the season by far. John, John, even he's, though... mi- he's Mr. Rangers, John. He's Mr. Yeah, Rangers. but this is, this is the, another, I've got another one here, which is the staunchest midfield. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> no, but he's just, he's a dreadful footballer. He's never done anything against us. And the next part on, on, his, on a series of unfortunate events was the woeful performance because he was just terrible. He just looked well off the pace. I've never seen Celtic have so much space in a midfield in all my life. And I know Scott Brown and, and Olivier Cham were, were excellent, but we were just given so much space in the midfield. It was unbelievable. We were strolling it from kickoff. It was like a training game in the first half. Um, and then the fact he gets subbed off a few minutes before half time, absolutely raging at Graham Murray and whoever else is on the bench there. Not quite sure who it was all directed at, but. He was absolutely fuming. And then to top it all off, the, <laughs> the Celtic supporters start singing Andy Halliday song um, to great, great hilarity for me. That did actually <laughs> give me, make me laugh out loud. That was amazing. He, uh, he must have been absolutely seething walking off that park. He's just been embarrassed, basically, in front of the whole country. In fact, anyone watching the game in the world, uh, he's been taking off five minutes, four half times. Team are already 2-0 down. Um 
he's just lost it with his manager. I assume it was Marty was shouting at. I can't think who else it would be. Yeah. Um, which again just shows what's going on in that club. The fact that a player would do that to the manager. I mean, could you imagine that happening with Rodgers at Celtic? Oh, and uh, and then the fans start singing his name, and not the Rangers fans, the Celtic fans. And and but it's just crazy. Like, why would you make that pause? Right? Why would you make that substitution a few minutes before a half time? Unless you're just simply wanting to ridicule someone or scapegoat someone. I would be raging as well if I was Andy. I know you played pish, but I'm not sure any player deserves being absolutely ridiculed yeah. in front of you know twenty five thousand fans at, at the national stadium in a semi final. Um, it was quite quite unbelievable, but just perfect as well because. I doubt, I doubt he's going to play for the club again. He maybe go back to Azerbaijan. Um, I don't. I don't think his contract's up or anything. So they'll need to do something with him. It's pretty good. Hmm. Yeah, I don't mean to sound like heart and hand podcast, Paul. But I mean, you could have taken off any of those those Rangers three in the midfield. Anyone in that Rangers team probably forty minutes into the game. Yeah, the Rangers team. Like, I'm not a huge like fan of like looking at other clubs and their players and stuff like that. There's a couple of guys I had to ask my brother when we're watching the game. Who's that? Like. I, I didn't know who they were and then Dorans came into the game and I thought I didn't realise he was playing um, hard he, he was just awful um, it's just it's so so bad that how that there's nothing there at all um, we all this talk before the game about how Brown and, and Cham would be in charge of the midfield but you'd never expect it to be like that it's just it, it's utterly it's amazing it's, it's, it's baffling at the same time how three players can be so bad in, in their supposed uh, perfect positions for them Right, I'll jump ahead a wee bit then. Um, Alfredo Morelos, um, and if we if we want to put it into to one moment, um, just that mess, just just that series of events. I don't know, Lustig, Lustig, what he was trying, but he completely <laughs> sclaffs it. It was almost the most sensational own goal ever. I thought it was just dropping in. Gordon's dive's hilarious if you just watch that because it's just so bizarre. <laughs> and then the ball bounces out. Gordon's away having a pie, pretty much, and Morelos just has to take a touch and tap it in. And he's, he's it's actually reaching parody level with him now. Yeah, Those misses yes. he had in the first game, the first game at Celtic Park, um, they were really good chances. But the the next two misses he's had, the one in each of the last two games, are just hilarious. I mean, that one at, at Ibrooks was a was awful, which I suppose was a really funny moment as well. And um, but that one today was like the, the game was already done; it wouldn't have made much difference at all. <laughs> um, but how he actually managed? I mean, all he had to do was tap it in first time. How he managed to miss that chance? And th- this guy will never score against us. Um, no. He'll be away from Rangers in the summer, and he he will never have scored against us. And it'll be one of the most incredible stories ever because he could have had four or five against us. And he's, and the thing is, I think if he's playing against a, a Dundee or a, uh, I was about to say Kelly, sorry, a Dundee or a another team Partick Thistle down the bottom he scores that no bother but it's just like a mental thing and it's just it's hilarious to watch I mean that's the thing about him though like even in those games the few that I've watched where I've seen him against Leicester opposition he's had he's scored I think he scored 16 or 17 goals this season which isn't bad for the first season in Scotland but Mm. what's happened is he's had way way more chances than he's than he's converted like he needs about five or six chances good chances before he sticks ones away because I just don't think he deals with it. I don't think I don't know what it, what it is or what he's doing with it. But it was just incredible after last time with that horror mess, and then he was in the paper saying that he promised his family he was going to score right. in the semi final, and then we go a few goals up, and you're thinking, oh well, you'll get a goal, you, you'll save a bit of face, and then he just one of the worst misses again of the season. And you're right, you need to just put it anywhere else in the goal, and it would have went in and. Gordon just didn't really have to stick out his leg because he just banged yeah. it against the shin. It was unbelievable. 
It was one of those ones when it when that bizarre thing happened. It came off the crossbar and it bounced back. I actually went, oh well, he's finally scored against us. Uh, yeah. Not that it matters, and he somehow didn't. And I just for me that was one of the funniest moments of the afternoon. Uh, just just because it, it it just imagining the Rangers TV commentary for that. I mean that, that's going to be glorious later. I've got that to look forward to. Yeah. yeah. What else, Paul? Um, the main man, the main man, the man, the myth, the legend himself, Bruno Alves. What a guy. <laughs> the fact I've got written down here, I've got Bruno Alves coming on slash going off. Yeah. <laughs> the fact that he, he was coming on, as soon as his, like, his number went up and the know just started laughing because he, he's absolutely awful. He's been awful since day one. And the fact that he wasn't on the starting, in the starting 11 today like shows you how little he wants to be there. He doesn't want to play any player worth their salt is going to go. I, I, I want to play in these games like this. He's, he shot it three times against us um, and then he sits down with 10 minutes to go pretending he's got cramp after playing for 20 minutes it's, he's, he's fucking at it he's, he's just he's a the highest paid, he's the highest paid player in Scotland it's unbelievable yeah <laughs> he's, he's committed daylight robbery this season hasn't he fair play to him you've got to admire that but I think as someone put in the group chat I think it was maybe Paul what a gimmick he's got like coming mm. on against Celtic and just I know he actually finished the match but just going down injured any time he's in any trouble it's, it's fantastic to see <laughs> Um, and he's just another he's just another player that you, you you just you almost pity these guys now they've reached that level because they're just you've kind of laughed at them so much and you can only laugh at a thing for so long and, and Rangers as a football club will probably laugh at it for a bit longer I would, I would assume but uh, these players I'm kind of just like ah, poor, poor guys you know and he's not out of contract either they've got him for another year so he's going to be earning upwards of 30 grand a week for another year unless they manage mm-hmm. to sell him but who's going to buy him after this season like uh, there's a chance that he goes to the World Cup and everything it's absolutely baffling that he is I think he's taking the piss and then he's the guy who's trying to calm he's the guy who's trying to calm down Andy Halliday on the bench yeah I noticed that as well <laughs> that was that was brilliant uh, and he was also he was first into it any time there was a week in a uh, skirmish on the pitch and there was a wee bit of a fight he was he was right in and he was calming it down it's like Bruno just focus on defending mate eh? stop trying to do other things um, so he's a contender as well John yeah speaking of defending there's a couple here I've got another saga in the vein of Andy Halliday and it's called on my notes what's the story Ross McCrory <laughs> um, bodied for the first goal with Rogic who did really well well Dembele first of all with that touch bringing that ball down and then feeding it into to Tom Rogic and he does amazingly well, that's what Tom Rogic does, that's his bread and butter makes himself space when it doesn't seem like space is possible and bangs in the net but McCrory was just absolutely body for that then he got himself sent off and that was just a, a complete and utter horror show as well and it comes in a week where Rangers fans have been trying to get over the fact that David Bates is off to Hamburg by hyping up him again by hyping up yeah. McCrory again as the actual defensive hope um, and then he's just absolutely dreadful alongside Russell Martin who assisted basically assisted uh, Callum McGregor's goal by um, com- just completely fluffing defending the cross that came into the box kind of passed it to McGregor who who stuck it into the bottom, bottom, and bottom corner so these two I don't know if it's a combined moment just the defending in general but these two are absolutely shambolic and look nowhere near the level of competing with us never you know, possibly not even competing in the Scottish Premiership. And these two guys are supposed to be their best defenders ahead of Bruno Alves. 
Russell Martin was brought into the club in January to kind of help close the gap, bring some experience. He's a Scotland international. I slated the signing at the time because I think he's a dreadful defender. He's one of the players that's driven me out of the wall as a Scotland fan over the last few years more than anyone. And I think he's dreadful and he showed that again today. He can't cope with these high-pressure matches. And it's just hilarious that they think these guys bringing in these Scottish guys, these kind of staunch kind of knowledge of Rangers as boyhood fans and all this pish, that they're going to get the job done against us like we're not already 10 times above yeah. that level in terms of quality and class. And we don't need players like that because we've got players yeah. like Olivia and Cham, Mr Dembele. We've got proper quality, almost Champions League level uh, calibre guys that are just going to take the mick out of these guys for as long as they keep relying on this old kind of notion of tradition and kind of strong Rangers man kind of part and it's just it's actually a bit pathetic at this point but as a Celtic fan it is absolutely hilarious every time we absolutely body them in these matches mm. As you touched on earlier John um, it was it was quite a, a staunch looking lineup. if yeah. you looked at the players there was, there was probably a good uh, the know, a good se- seven, seven or eight Rangers yeah. fans Rangers boys in there Good Rangers boys and Ian Crocker keeps going on about it as well as like oh it's a dream come true for these guys to be playing for for Rangers and all that kind of stuff do you think it's a dream come true for them to get absolutely pumped every time they play it's, it can't mm. be like if I was a, if I was a Celtic fan like playing for Celtic as a player and getting beat off Rangers I'd absolutely hate that and I'd want to show something about it these guys don't show anything they don't do anything on the yeah. pitch and yeah. they show no heart and you think oh if they are Rangers fans then fair play to them that's fine but they don't be sh- they're not showing any passion or any fight when when they're coming up against decent players and it's it's as John said it's hilarious to see um, the Stodge guys getting subbed and, and falling down and like giving assistant assistant Callum McGregor and stuff and like then, that just pathetic and then they bring on they bring on another one they bring on when they're three 0 down they bring on Jason Holt and then he concedes <laughs> a penalty as well. <laughs> no, it's just <laughs> oh, staggering how how funny it is. It's just. It's amazing. <laughs> it's like one of those events where like the fans of a football club get to play against the former players and it just ends like in an yeah. absolute horsing. Yeah. Um what was the one? I was just I just remembered one there. It was Graham Dorans in the second half, another Mr. Rangers, one of mm-hmm. the probably the biggest Mr. Rangers in that team. Um, that moment when Callum McGregor broke clear and he just tried to absolutely half him <laughs> um, and if he'd have made any contact there's no doubt it would have been a red card and yeah. I actually think it should have been a red card anyway but he just got nowhere near Callum McGregor and McGregor just McGregor looked so quick today he looked so on it he had a really really good game and he just absolutely powered away from him and paced away from him and that just that just kind of summed up the, summed up the whole Rangers thing they, they tried to they tried by illegal means to stop him and, and Don has just lost it for that second and even then when he lost it and, and kind of went out the boundaries of the rules of the game he still couldn't stop McGregor he couldn't get anywhere near McGregor um, so that, that was a kind of pretty good one for me um, and obviously the the red card for McCrory as you said you kind of summed mm-hmm. that up that was that was just brilliant as well because it was just Dembele just absolutely schooled him and beat him for pace and actually I was watching it on um, I think one of the BN Sports or something like that, and I had a stupid English knowledge, unknowledgeable commentator, and he actually didn't reveal that it had been a penalty. So I thought it had just been a, a red card and a free kick, and when it went for the penalty, I got a big surprise. Um, but I mean, I, they just they put all these big Rangers fans in the team: Doherty, yeah. Dorans, Jamie Murphy. I mean, was yeah. he even playing? Was not even creative yeah. talent? Yeah. Wasn't even playing. Um, and it, it was just, it was just so, so, so easy, um, and that that brings me on to my one, and it's the, it's the one that we're all waiting for. It's the, 
and it doesn't even relate to the game today, but it's the Rangers fans cheering the, the draw in the yeah, Tavern I've got that down uh, after the last round. Yeah. Um, that, we knew at the time when that happened that it was going to be laughed at, didn't we? That's the best yeah. thing about it. No, yeah. no one looked at that and went, oh, that was a clever thing to do. We all just looked and we thought, they're just, they're just going to regret that. And they regretted it the following week when we beat them at Ibrox, but even more so, the draw they cheered for. And they just get hammered four 0 going on forty now. You, you just you couldn't make that up, or maybe you could when it comes to them. I just don't understand why they were cheering in the first place. I know. I think at the time they were in the middle of that six game winning streak, but they were uh, they just beating Falkirk four one. Yeah, they were the playing Falkirk in Air United and that. It was no four one against yeah. Falkirk. Yeah, really good result. And bizarre, absolutely bizarre. <laughs> but I'm glad that video exists. It's like. It's like the video of Pedro Cachinha saying good luck Celtic and stuff. It's that stuff that's going to haunt them on social media for the next years and years because these are videos that people... It's just so immediately funny for Celtic fans but also from fans of other team and they must be sick getting it retweeted onto their timelines and stuff. It must be gut. And imagine there was videos that's absolutely ridiculing us and we just seen them on a near-weekly basis. Yeah. It's just... You would be gutted, wouldn't you? You'd be absolutely gutted. I'm just... They're just the absolute butt of our joke now. Mm. Uh, but, but I was speaking to Paul before we came on air, and it was like today it was like you weren't even celebrating some of the goals because it was just so funny. Like it was yeah. also inevitable because we scored er- early, and it's like the goals are flying in and you're you're buzzing. But the overriding feeling is just how absolutely pathetic they are and how amazingly funny it all is and just moment after moment of hilarity and it's just it's crazy that it's come to this stage where they're just they are actually the butt of every joke that we have now. That's they're the they're even getting slaughtered by Celtic social media team, which is the most vanilla social media team <laughs> in the country, and they're getting absolutely bodied all before and after every fixture. It's incredible. Yeah, the, 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 back, game, go, the yeah. game had everything but didn't it like everything you want to, to smile and laugh and celebrate they had Rangers going down to 10 men they had Celtic scoring some wonderful goals a penalty two penalties they had <laughs> misses from Morelis that's like that miss is going to haunt him the first one would be haunting him up until today and he thought right this is my chance to put it right and then that's happened and it's just <laughs> unbelievable you've got Rogic you've got Dembele and McGregor scoring again they must hate the three players because they just score against them all the time yeah, they do. and then you've got the, the, the staunch Rangers guys all sitting in that dressing room at half the time, staunchest full time. Guys. The, the staunchest guys you can get <laughs> they're walking in with their brown brogues on and then they're walking back out they're going home and they're going to cry because they're, they're absolutely <laughs> pathetic they're the kind of guys that get buzzing because they've got a picture of the Queen in their dressing room. <laughs> How much do we think then that that um, that cheering in the, the Loudoun Tavern, if at all, and I'll ask you both, do you think it actually affected or was mentioned in the Celtic team talk at all? I don't know. I think Roger seems to get these players up for these games, whatever, like all these semi-finals and every time we've been to Hamden under Rogers, it's been just, we've just looked imperious and unable to be defeated, so... I'm not sure it would have factored in too much. They probably had a good laugh about it, I think, and it maybe kind of galvanised them maybe ahead of the, of the match before this one um, more than anything. By the time that we got to this one, like, the league's done now. Like, it's all it's all a bit of a joke again, and you knew from the, the first five minutes, you knew that we'd turned up and they hadn't, and they weren't getting anything mm-hmm. today, and it was just going to spiral out of control, as it has. On, like, I think that's the third time we've won by a four-goal margin under Brendan Rodgers against them. I mean that's the stuff of dreams, like, and the three grounds of Glasgow as well, Celtic Park, <laughs> yeah, Ibrox, and Hamden. Yeah. Like you would dream, like the five-one game, 
you know, they, I know they happened quite close to each other, you know, about 15 years ago, um, or even longer than that now, I'm getting old, but you, they kind of happened close to each other, but you, they, they were unexpected. They felt like once in a generation kind of results. Mm-hmm. But the, these kind of have all come on hot on the heels of each other, and you're just kind of expecting every match. And when we don't absolutely horse them, you're kind of a wee bit disappointed at this point because of how bad they are. Paul, what do you think about the, the whole cheering in the tavern? Do you think that was uh, mentioned at all? And do you think the Celtic players possibly took you kind know, of more satisfaction from winning that today? I don't know. I'm the same as John. I, I don't know whether the, these things come into play as much as, as maybe we think. I'm sure. Tierney McGregor and the, the, the younger lads who are pretty much probably on social media quite a lot, they, they would be passing around the group chats and, and all that kind of stuff and going, look at the state of these guys, let's get into them. But I think the fact that we know that we can do this, we've done it before, 5-1 games and other games where we've went and walked over them. Um, and the last game in the league when we were down to 10 men and we were under the caution, we, we managed to get the three points. That would have given them the boost and they knew that if we turned up in any way, shape or form today, then Rangers aren't they, aren't they good enough to, to live with us. But I think rubbing the salt in the wounds a wee bit, I think it is good. And I, ho- I hope I hope it was played at training or wherever, just mm. so we can go get gears the, the guys up and then shows them, like, you're on the honour level, you're celebrating a draw against us when you should be uh, wishing to play any other team. I mean, I know, I know these Celtic Rangers matches are really big, um, and of course they are. Um, for all the players and they're treated as bigger games because just because everything that they bring in the atmosphere. But I mean, like players like Moussa Dembele and Olivier and Cham and Scott Sinclair, um, who only know winning in these matches, they must there must be a different kind of tint to these matches for them than there is for the rest of us because we all remember all the history. These guys only remember eight wins and and two mm-hmm. draws and, and three four goal pumpings and two goal pumpings and and various things. Um, so I mean, how much do you think that factors in as well? Obviously, in terms of obviously they, they know it's it's their big matches, but they must they must absolutely love playing these games and really go into them thinking, oh, we're going to do this mob again. Yeah, I think it does get get banged into players when they arrive, though, doesn't it? By other guys in the dressing room like you've heard in the past like even like when we've had foreign players players in the past like the, the kind of Scottish or the British place players they let everyone know how important the games are and I think that like even Dembele Dembele knew I think Dembele knew after that hat trick um, in the 5-1 game the first one I think he knew how big the fixture was after that point he probably didn't before that match but mm. that made him an instant Celtic legend so he he probably understands that these are like the biggest matches outside the Champions League nights that he can put him he can put himself on a platform and show people from Scotland and beyond that he's the best player in Scotland and at Celtic. And I thought Dembele was superb today. I thought Encham was superb, absolutely superb today. Dembele was just full of power and pace and looks a hundred percent fit again and just looks like the yeah. player that we had last season finally. Um, and yeah. I don't. I'm not sure if it's because he's more motivated than these big matches. He's pretty ranked last week, or it's just that he's, he's he is fit again and enjoying his football again. And yeah. uh, but yeah, I thought he was magnificent today. Um, really, really good. And people, a lot of kind of I've seen a few people this week kind of question whether Lee Griffiths should play today. But like I love Lee Griffiths, and he, he scores he scored loads of goals for us. But like Dembele just offers us so much more when he's on the top of his game, and he was today. And it's great to see these foreign guys coming in and play like that. I like yeah. I say, Cham was Cham was my favourite player today. I thought he was just incredible. His range of passing, his vision, it's just driving the team forward, just combining with Scott Brown. 
and I think it was notable that he was given the penalty at the end because I think it's like the recognition from his teammates that he's been sensational today. He stuck it away well as well. Yeah. Tell you what, we'll, we'll come on to the whole Celtic team. We'll run through player by player yeah. uh, afterwards because we'll finish and, and set out to, to finish the thing that we set out. If I can get that out there, what I was trying to say, I don't know. But um, if we can try and finish what we set out to do yeah. um, and, and name the funniest moments. So you touched on the penalty there, the second one. What about the first one, Paul? Penenka against Rangers. I know it was it was unbelievable. We just you got a sense that Dembele was you knew he was scoring when he st- when he stepped up. We just got a sense he was going to do something pretty special. And Fodderham just looks like an absolute fool, like any keeper does when that happens to them. But he just, the the sheer gusto of doing it, um, walking away, pointing to his name on his back, and the swagger that that comes along with being able to do something like that in a Scottish Cup semi final. Like don't. Like you can't forget that it's a semi-final. I know that we're winning at that point, and the guy's been sent off. But you need to make sure that you score these things because we you see anything can happen in football. But Dembele doing that is just it was rubbing salt in the wounds that um, that were pretty deep, pretty deep already. Yeah, you can't think of many players in the last what, eighteen years since the, the turn of the century that would have done that in a Celtic Rangers match. Probably off the top of my head. Larson and maybe Moravchik or something like that but to, to do that from the penalty spot is just it takes guts and fair enough we're 2-0 up at the time against 10 men but you never know the game could turn if he misses that and whatever yeah. um, th- that was just I couldn't get my head around it that was, that was crazy I couldn't yeah. believe you'd done it either I was, that was another really funny moment and it's just like Dembele understanding that it's just it's a day of Larry himself he must have understood that it was a statement because, wasn't it yeah yeah it was a really cheeky statement he just wanted to do it and he knew exactly where he was going to put it, and the keeper had no chance. It was a really good penalty, actually. I imagine he like he, I don't think he would have done that if it was like one 0 up in a final or something. But the fact that he got away with that, put it in the back of the net, and the, the fans were loving that one as well. That was just mm. just another moment and another amazing day. Talking of fans, eh, another one of my moments going back to, to Rangers, the fact that was very few Rangers fans mm-hmm. left on the ground by the end of the match. That, that photo, we've probably all seen it by now. Yep. Um, well, the, the two photos actually, the scoreboard, one with the Celtic end in focus and one from the other side with the Rangers fans, and there's just no one left. Yep. They're all away. 79th minute, I think, isn't it? And they're all away, Listen. they've all walked away. <laughs> it's phenomenal, but... like. I always say I'm a big advocate of the, you, need to watch, you need to stay to the end and watch your team and all that kind of stuff but if you're in that situation against your rivals you're out of there tough. as soon as that third goal goes in I think you're down to ten men out of there but it's so so funny like seeing all the Celtic fans celebrating with the players and there's like you could hear a pin drop at the other end of the stadium because there's literally not one person <laughs> kicking about uh, fan- absolutely fantastic and the half and half picture you see you can see the the first half of Hamden written and then it's just a sea of green white yellow whatever that's there and then the rest of them is the, the seats are blue but um, the players aren't there the fans aren't there Right we've probably well we've definitely not heard the Rangers TV commentary yet but that can probably slide into our top 10 at some point can't it? it's, <laughs> it's, it's going to be hilarious we get any predictions for our, the kind of highlights I'm assuming it was was Tom and uh, and Hugh Burns I'm assuming so that there could, I mean the Morelos miss will be pretty special won't it it'll be oh yeah yeah because he'll be excited about him scoring that uh, I, I think that Hugh Burns will make an arsey sell with the, the red card saying it's not a red card something like that and I think they'll say it's a free kick as well I think they'll yeah. try and deny it's a penalty, make a prediction of that. I think you'll say something like, uh, oh, and Cham looks like he's enjoyed that one, or something something like that. <laughs> something like that. 
I love that uh, stuff so much. I know I went down like a YouTube poll of it last week of watching like loads of them from the season when they were in the championship, just like when they were picked by Hibs and stuff. And the combination, I hope it's Hugh Burns because he's just so funny. I just think he's so funny. His patter's amazing. Oh, fantastic. Right, anything else you guys have to add in terms of the, the list? I mean, I'm out of stuff, but I'm assuming you guys have much more. Um, I had... I've not got too much more. The only other thing that was slightly funny was when he made the sub after the red card and Murray's trying to give out his uh, instructions with the numbers. I thought that was pretty funny. He yeah. was just a clueless guy. And Murray, after the match, I watched this post-match interview, he sounded like he was going to cry. He kept saying, well, I'm not going to answer that because it's too raw. It will just lead to conflict and finger-pointing, <laughs> which sounds like a great bus journey home. Um, yeah, I've just got... I've got my list, like Andy Halley's series of unfortunate events, Morelos missing his chance again, <laughs> Benenka, what's the story, Ross McClory, Graham Murray about to cry, oh, taking half an hour to make a tackle, Murray said that in his post-match interview, I'm not sure how true it is, but apparently they took half an hour to make a tackle, which is amazing, Um, Russell Martin's assist, Bruno Alves coming on and getting injured again, finding the video of them cheering the draw, (laughs) uh, bringing on Jason Holt when they're 3-0 down and then he concedes the penalty, the staunchest midfield getting absolutely slaughtered and walking away, that's mine. Did we have any more apart from that? No, you've kind of covered all mine anyway. I think that's that's the that's a definitive list of. Uh, I, think, Rangers I think so. Yeah. Right. Well, we do we we'll do a top five then. We'll cut some and we'll just do a, a top yeah, five yeah, because yeah. it's uh, that's kind of our style, isn't it? Um, right. It seems a while since we've done this. We're going back to the end of season podcast now, aren't we? For last year, uh, almost a year ago. So, what what are we looking at in terms of um, in terms of the top five for me? The Morelos miss has to be in there. Um, yeah. Rangers fans cheering the draw in the Loudon Tavern has to be there. Um, holiday on holiday. Yeah, holiday, the there. whole holiday thing. I can't split it into a single one. If I had to split it into a single one, it would be getting his name sung by the Celtic Borrows. I think they were also chanting Bruno for a bit of Bruno <laughs> Alves came on later on, which is just brilliant as well. Um, so, yeah. What, what are you guys thinking? I, th- I, th- I think Morelos is, is number one because I think that's going to be married in with uh, Tom, to probably call him Tom commentators yeah. uh, <laughs> commentary and it's going to be absolute gold I think that has to be in the top five definitely Yeah, John? Uh, yeah, Andy Halliday, Andy Halliday and Morelos have to be in, I would say Ross McCrory has to go in too um, just for his whole saga and Penenka surely has to be in Penenka so that's five, isn't it? That's five. Can we come up with a good name for the Panenka against Rangers? Uh, Hanenka. Hanenka. <laughs> <laughs> we'll throw that one open to the the uh, Fritz and Grand old fans on Twitter and Facebook. Let us know if you can think of a, a good name for the, the Dembele penalty against Rangers. Um, tweet us in and we'll, we'll crown a winner. And um, For me, that, that has to be the Hanenka, whatever you want to call it. Um, so if we go... <laughs> Help me out a wee bit here, guys. If we go fifth place... Fifth place, I would say, is... McCrory? McCrory, yeah. Yeah. Rangers fans cheering the draw. Is that in there somewhere? Fourth place, yeah, I would yeah, say. fourth. Paninka third? I would say the, the Haninka is third. And then yeah. I would say Andy Halliday second. Yeah, Morelis <laughs> has to win it, I think. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. I'm just still just laughing at that Morelis miss. It's just, it's just an incredible... I think the clearance for Lustig is just hilarious in its own way because I don't know what he's up to. 
Um, yeah, you, could, and you could put that video in and put on like old western music like, doo, 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 <laughs> and it would be brilliant because everything's just calamity put it in black and white with a border around it and it's comedy gold right well we turn attention to the Bahoys then yes right we'll run through the team if one of you has a team there as you two will be aware but the listener's probably not my laptop at the moment is, is just hanging on by a thread um, so I don't have access to the internet at the moment so if one of you two could either remember the line I've got it or, here, yeah or read it out we can maybe go and just give each give a wee summary and then rate them out of 10 which is the kind of common thing to do with these things hi right so we just start off we just go in order then just start off with Gordon yeah right Paul no, um, he slept most of the game couple of good saves and, <laughs> um, he didn't really have to do much did he um, an assured performance from a good goalie there's no much more that he can add to that I don't think I thought it was a great save in the second half yeah, he had really two good really good saves I thought um I was pretty pleased with him. Like I've, I'm one of Craig Gordon's biggest critics over the last six months or so, but it was good to not have anything to moan about with him and see him um, pull off a string of fantastic saves. Like Even the Morelos one, I know it was hit by arm, but he still kind of sticks out his foot to keep it out. So I would say like an 8 or 9 out of 10. Yeah, I, th- I think the one is it the Morelos header um, that he saves that is a, a really, really good save, I yeah. thought. Um, and obviously the other ones. So two two good saves. Uh, kept his ahead. Kept the ball relatively well. It was a Cameron influence. Came for some crosses. Claimed them well. Won a few free kicks. Uh, yeah, I'll give him an eight. Yeah, I'd say an eight. Yeah. Did you give him a, a rating, Paul? Yeah, I'll go. Go. I'll go with that. We'll go eight. Yeah, our ten's pretty good. Right, Mikael Lustig was the right back. Bloody hell! Uh, <sighs> the only black, the only black neck. map on the day. Like I thought he was quite horrendous. Yeah, well, that one, that one he had when he, he just he just does silly things now. Like he'll, he'll, he'll roll the ball out in front of him and then he'll just kind of miss hit it and then the left winger will go through and he, I think it was uh, God knows who it was, but he took Morelos maybe and he tugged him back and got booked. Um, and he just does kind of silly things and he doesn't seem to be the option that, that Kieran Tierney is on the left hand side in terms of he doesn't overlap anymore. Everything's kind of yeah. inside the fullback and everything's in that kind of final third position where he's either going to whip across and that the keeper will come and collect or he's just going to knock it back into the midfield uh, so I think in all honesty he's kind of he's kind of reaching the end of his time mm-hmm. uh, in terms of what he can do at Celtic I'm and, done with and him, these things yeah. happen but um, I think I'd be looking at a, a right back that can do the same as Tierney does on the left hand side he, just, he needs replaced and I know it's a shame to say because I think he's a really nice guy and he loves the club but like he just can't be your first choice right back next year it's just like if we go in a little transfer window without replacing him, I'm going to be tearing my hair out. But I thought he was it was just evident again today. I thought he was pretty poor. I would say I would give him like a five. I'll I'll give him a I'll give him a five as well. Yeah. I, I feel sorry for him. I'll give him a six. Yeah. Is there any reason behind that other than the fact you feel sorry for him? No, I I don't I don't think he was as bad as as John thinks. Um, he was. Well. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, he was as bad as I think. I, I I don't think he was the worst player on in the team. What? So I, I I thought I thought Big Iyer had a had a stinker. Oh, yeah. I don't I know thought, about I that. I was a wee bit. Meh. I just thought the two centre halves just weren't great. I, I think Boyata, um, he, he just he kind of looks unsure, and he, he's just he, he's just you know what you get with him now. Um, I don't know if you guys noticed Brendan Rodgers going off his nut right. I think it was right after the. Might even have been the second goal, 
Uh, no, it was probably the first actually going off his nut at the centre backs for for failing to deal with a ball right after we scored. Mm-hmm. And it's the first time I have ever seen in eighteen months I've seen Brendan Rodgers going daft um, at the side of the park. So he's clearly not happy with those two at the moment. And um, certainly Boyata, especially for me, is just he's just a kind of accident waiting to happen. But I mean that that's not news, is it? That's that's been the case for for a while now. Uh, and they kind of they got away with it today, I thought. But I didn't think Aya was particularly good. In it. My feeling in Ayer is that he's a he's a really kind of tremendous prospect. I think he's doing extremely well for whatever age he is, twenty, twenty one, whatever. Um, I just think we need to have a wee bit of realization that he's nowhere near the kind of the finished article. Now he's nowhere nowhere near the finished article, and he still makes a lot of mistakes. Um, and, and I think we need to realize that. And he almost needs to, for me. And it's harsh to say when he's been kind of doing all right, but he almost needs to be a second choice for me for a bit and learn from someone else and a better centre back, and uh, and then possibly get the odd game now and again and before he can be trusted in the massive games because I, I I still feel that he he kind of lets players go and you saw it last week at Hamilton and he isn't decisive enough, um, but again he's just so young so that there clearly has potential there. But, but long story short, I don't think he should be starting every game for us at the moment. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm a wee bit of a fan of him, to be honest. I know... So am I. Yeah. Um, I'm, I wasn't coming out of the game today thinking, oh, I, I was pissed today. I think uh, he did have a few mistakes, didn't he? But he but there was nothing too clearing for me and nothing that kind of wasn't really dealt with. I mean, it would have been a different story if it had cost us a goal. Maybe it was the fact that Rangers didn't really test us at all. And I think, you know, it's obvious looking at a team that Boyata, Ayer and... And Lustig are our weak link in the team. Yeah. And it was weird the Rangers just didn't try to test that in any way whatsoever. Like Murty didn't have a game plan to try and do anything on that side of the pitch or, or through the middle. And Morelos was pretty poor. So yeah, I mean thinking about it now, reflecting on it, they probably didn't have the best of games, but I wouldn't put them anything below I mean be a seven or a six or seven. Well I'm firing out a pair of fives pair for the two. I, I'll go six the same. I, I think, that, although there was no glaringly obvious bad bad mistakes from from Lustigayer or Boya, I think the three of them together didn't have a great game. They weren't tested, which probably gets them away with um, having a poorer performance. So six is all round for me. Did you rate them, John? Yeah, I would. I would probably go a six. Hearing your arguments, yeah. Right. Well done, Paul. We've convinced them. <laughs> uh, left back. Bastards. I thought. <laughs> That's what we're going to be called the Bonnie Bassett podcast. Yeah. But I think I think Kieran Tierney was uh, was back to the the player yeah, that, that we know. I, th- I thought he was really good. He was energetic. He was bombing on to the byline. Uh, he was beating men. He was tackling well. I, I just thought he was excellent. He was really really good. But again, that's nothing new for him. Eight and eight for Kieran Tierney. I did think he was good. He was full of energy again. He was really eager to get forward and try and kind of affect the game in the final third, which I think is when he's at his best. Um, so yeah I would go for an 8 too I thought he was pretty good today Yeah it's one of his better performances of late and I thought he was given a kind of free role to kind of do what he wanted and he defended well and he was always there or thereabouts on the left hand side so it seems fine Scott Brown El Capitano I I just think this guy is almost virgin and legendary status just for well, the he role is, yeah. he plays the role he plays in these matches alone though he's oh, just right, yeah, he, yeah. And, and, and I know he's, he's playing he's playing again you've got to put all this in he's playing against a Rangers team that we all know is 100 miles away from, from the, the team that they were or have been previous whatever you want to call them Um 
but this guy there, there hasn't been a guy who's dominated this fixture like Scott Brown has in, in ages this mm-hmm. guy just uh, he just he absolutely laughs at Rangers every time he plays them he loves the game uh, a really good point was made on the radio he, he, he boasts in these matches but you only get away with boasting and playing the hard man and the the kind of the comic book hero or the villain or whatever you want mm-hmm. to call him if you can back it up yeah. with how he plays and he completely does that every single match he bosses Rangers and he bosses that Rangers midfield and he wins the battle against probably three Rangers men and then he just says to players who can go and play with the ball aka Olivier and Cham yeah. go, go, and, go and affect the match and, and Scott Brown's a key man in these matches we I all know so, that yeah. he's, he's the man who, who makes it all happen really uh, and today was just just the same again uh, the same as the game two weeks ago the same as the game at Celtic Park when he was our best player just before the, the new year the same as the game at Ibrox before it the same as the 5-1 game last season the Cup semi last season the 5-1 game at Celtic Park when he bodied Barton he just absolutely bosses Rangers every time he plays them and, and for that for me uh, that alone even if he only played 5-6 games a season and did that he'd be one of the contenders for player of the year yeah, I agree. I agree completely. I thought he was absolutely outstanding today and just shows why everyone's so high on him these days. And just uh, I always think back because there was a total, there was a three year period where he got slaughtered by sections of the Celtic support and he's become our greatest captain since Billy McNeil. Like, what can you say yep. about that? It's just, it's an incredible story at Celtic and he's grown and grown as a player. He's, he's as good now as he's ever been. And it's just like, how is it happening? He was supposed to be done two seasons ago, supposed to be a wreck of injuries and kind of hip problems and all this kind of nonsense. And Rogers has come in and completely transformed him into the one of the best derby players that we'll ever have at the club, possibly in the past or future. Like he's just, he's built for these matches. Like you say, like he wouldn't get away, like you say about his, his kind of boasting and stuff, you wouldn't get away with that. Like if, if he wasn't any good, he would be an Andy Halliday figure. Like that's yeah, yeah. Like it's just a different level. He's a he's a European level midfielder. He, could, he in his prime, he probably could have played in in the Premier League. I think he's a great player, and we're lucky to have him and continue to have him. I think if he, he battled against some of the the kind of former Rangers players of the past, the Fergusons mm-hmm. and uh, oh god, who know Rixons and players like that. Yeah. I, I think I think he would hold his own against them as well. I, I think he'd, he'd possibly even do the same because that's the kind of the player he is. Um, Number for me, I think you've got to give him a nine for the way he played today. I just Definitely, I thought yeah. he was magnificent. It's a nine for me. Yeah, I'd go as far to give him a ten, to be honest. <gasps> I'm um, saving my ten, I'm saving it. Uh, I, I, I was having, uh, I had some guys on Friday and we were playing poker, and there was two Rangers fans, two Celtic fans, two Kelly fans, and I was trying to convince them of how great Scott Brown is. They were hitting out with the pattern that I know Kamalik have been good this season. that Malumbo's a, a, a fantastic <laughs> player and, and Chris Boyd could be player of the year and all this kind of stuff and I goes, you guys not watch Scott Brown you know, yeah. he, he doesn't do anything he just kind of blusters about and, and flexes his muscles he is by far and away the most influential player in this country and yep. he's, this season he's been head and shoulders above 99.9% of other players he is fantastic today he bossed it he made tackles when he had to make tackles the only thing letting him down was maybe I think I counted two straight passes which is really unusual for him yeah. but on on the whole um, I think it was fantastic 10 out of 10 
Olivier and Cham, this guy is just incredible, isn't he? I, I just did, did he give the ball away once in the whole match? Um, the, yeah. There was there's so much chat, and there's been so much chat all season about whether this guy. And there's been a real divide. You get folk saying, "Oh, this this guy's incredible. This guy's the answer. He, this guy will take us to the next level." And you've got other folk, rightly so, maybe at the start of the season, going, "This guy, what's this guy about? He gives the ball away. He's kind of inconsistent. He's come on to a right game in the last few weeks." And the game at Ibrox, he was brilliant, and the game uh, at Hamden just there, he, he was just he was just fantastic. As I say, he didn't give the ball away at all. He's such a calming influence in these matches. Next to Scott Browns, I say, who wins the battle, uh, and Cham then goes and plays and moves the ball, and he moves and the ball moves, and he he's just a, a glorious player. Um, and he's for me probably the best technical player we've had since Nakamura in terms of kind of not giving the ball away and, and his close control. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I I think I said on the last podcast that. Like he was the player that had impressed me most over the previous three months or however since we'd last recorded a podcast at the end of last year and he's just I'm just a really big fan of him. I think he's just his natural ability is kind of up there with Dembele for me. Like I think he's got that kind of potential the same way that Dembele does an attack, that he can be that for the midfield. Like he I think he does need a little bit more consistency, but I think that'll come. He's he's only twenty two. Like he's really young. And that's really young, especially for a midfielder who, you know, doesn't rely on pace and power in the same way that maybe Dembele would or or doesn't rely on, like, natural, you know, trickery with the ball in the same way a, a winger would. To be, like, a central midfielder, you need intelligence, you need knowledge of the game, you need experience, you need technical ability and you need vision. And I think he, he has a lot of those things and he's gaining the other things week to week with us and is only going to get better. He's a player that... Like next season, he'll be the most improved player. I think again. I think he's got another two gears to his game because I think in these matches, it, it kind of you see him raise his game in these matches in these high pressure situations, which I think for me is the most impressive. And he kind of he had yeah. his football education in British football, so it's not a surprise to see him kind of be part and parcel of like what we would consider football and culture in this country. It's not like he's a foreigner who's been playing in a strange league and has been dipped into Scottish football. But I think as he gets more and more used to Scottish football, opponents gains confidence, has a bit of gallusness about him in the same way that Scott Brown does. I think he's got another, like you say, another two or three gears to his game. And I think we're going to see that next season. And I think in these big matches, we see glimpses of that. And it's just about him doing that every single week instead of maybe every second or third week. And I'm just so excited about his potential. I mean, I'm so excited about where he can take us next season. And I think if we're going to do anything in Europe or anything at all of that nature, then he's going to be absolutely at the heart of it. Mm. You'd even see in some of the games he came on, I think he came on against Bayern Munich in the home game, mm-hmm. and he just changed the game in an instant, and Anderlecht as well, possibly. Yeah. And he just he belongs at that level, and he, he walks it at Scottish football as yeah. well. If, as John says, if he can find that consistency, Paul, um, he will be a contender for, for player of the year. There's already an argument, possibly, that he's the most talented player in this country. Yeah, he's he's such a such a good player, um, and he's you can just see if you go back to maybe I don't know qualifiers at the start of the season in Europe, and, and you see that how much his stock has risen, just the quality control that Rogers and the rest of the the team have put in place there. He's just steadily got better and better and better. He's so assured on the ball, and 
he can score a goal. Like he, how often do you see a midfielder that has got the the creativity, but also the defensive attributes that can pop up with goals left, right, and centre? It doesn't happen very often. I don't think. I think a centre midfielder is either really defensive or really attacking. He's got both in his locker, um, and it's going to be wonderful to see him continue to grow in, in a Celtic jersey. Nine for me. Ten. Yeah. Ten for me. I'll give him a nine. I don't think he put it wrong. Like I thought he just he was our best player today. Like on a scale of one to ten, it's an absolute ten for me. Like he mm. was just I thought he was just outstanding today. I can't say enough good things about him. If it's a nine, it's a nine, but I'm, I'm going with ten. James Forrest was in the right of the, the three behind Moussa Dembele. I thought James Forrest had a really good game actually. I think it was possibly even the best game he's had against Rangers in terms of involvement. He he has a habit sometimes in these matches and whether it's because he goes missing or because people don't find him but he doesn't see enough of the ball but today he was just on it completely and he was giving Declan John a torrid time mm-hmm. and uh, he could have had a goal for himself and he sets up or, or helps set up the first goal with a, a lovely um, lovely ball well, in fact did he see, uh, he set up the first one for Rogic didn't he because he came onto the Dembele pass which by the way was a complete carbon copy of last year's first goal that McGregor scores against Rangers and the fact that yeah. Dembele ran on and then kind of cut it back yeah. um, but Forrest that, the ball for that was, was really good and I just I just thought he was a real live wire today and I think it was the kind of performance we want to see from him in the big game but then again for James Forrest he's been like that all season so we shouldn't really be surprised I think again Forrest is he, maybe two three seasons ago you'd think oh, a big game coming up James Forrest you'd maybe be slightly apprehensive about him starting not now he's always on his, he's always on the team sheet and you always know that he's going to give you some sort of output whether it's a goal or assist or even a pass that splits the defence and um, he ran and ran and ran today um, I've seen him a couple of times higher than Dembele which is unusual for him and yeah. I, I thought he's obviously been, been told like you can do what you want John was pretty good um, in the 3-2 game a couple of weeks ago and, and Forrest has obviously went to, to show like this is who I am this is what I can do um, and you're not getting a sniff at getting anywhere near um, or get, like getting up the park so I thought I, I think save for that one chance that he should have used his left foot um, I thought he should have gone with the outside of the right Paul uh, the, his trademark I know um, I don't <laughs> know how he'd ever wrapped his foot around it but um, it was a guilty chance he, he could have scored that he, he probably should have had it in target um, but that's picking that's picking faults and there's not really faults there. I think he was great today. Yeah. He was good he's good today. I mean I think he's been one of our best players. Another player who's possibly a candidate for player of the year. Sixteen goals, nine assists, he scored three goals in the League Cup, scored four goals in the Scottish Cup, scored seven goals in the in the league. Like he's been really influential on our way to this treble and you wouldn't put it past him to score a vital goal in the final either. I think he's finally shown that he can cope with these big occasions as well where I think you're right, Hamish, in the past that he's maybe kind of wilted under that a little bit or just kind of coasted in these games and I don't think he's doing that anymore and he wasn't, I don't think he was outstandingly spectacular today but he was always trying, always looking to get involved and I think that's all you can ask for. If it's not going to come off in terms of, you know, direct creativity like all the time and goals, the most you can ask for is maximum effort and I think he gave that today and was impressive so... I would say I would give him an eight, a seven or an eight. I'd give him a seven. Yeah, I think seven seems good. He was, he was pretty much like flawless, but um, without setting the world alight. Yeah. Right, Callum McGregor. Have we said Callum McGregor? No, no, no. 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 I, th- I think Callum McGregor deserves a hell of a lot of plaudits for his game today. Um, I thought he was brilliant. Um, 
he didn't stop running. He got his goal, which he took fantastically well. Um, it's not easy to do that, and he he's up there with with the players uh, of the season for me. He's been absolutely brilliant again. Another one that's grown and grown and grown under Brendan Rodgers, and he's he's just his his confidence is is it's so high. Um, he can do no wrong, and he, he loves a goal against Rangers, and it's it's great to see the smile on his face when he runs away um, mm. after netting the, the the second goal. Just brilliant. Did you hear the the kind of scream that Scott Brown gave off when that second <laughs> goal went in as well, and the the TV commentary or the TV audio? It's brilliant. It's fantastic. It's an interesting point you make though about Callum McGregor, John. I mean, is he a is he a genuine contender for, for player of the year? Should he be one of the four or five names? I mean, are we maybe looking at it slightly no. with, with green-tinted specs because he's played so well today or has he actually been a consistent figure this season? I think you're letting maybe today's performance colour that a little bit. I think there has been plenty of games this season where he's really not been like kind of where he was last season. Just like yeah. all, um, basically the whole team really, he's not been at the levels he was yeah. last season. I think in big matches though he does come to the fore again. Like he is a big game player. He's proven that he's a big game player. He's scored on multiple big occasions for us, whether it's a derby or a European game. Like he does thrive in these occasions, and that's why Brendan Rodgers selects him over a player like Scott Sinclair, who, despite his ability and his undoubted ability and his his numbers in terms of direct goal contributions for us this season, is a player that at this moment you might not trust in a big game such as this. And so he turns to a player like Callum McGregor, who he knows is going to turn up and give everything for the team and not coast in these matches. And I think it's clear now that Brendan Rodgers has his, has his kind of prime first living of players who are not just talented, but players who, to, to put it in his terms, have enormous character, uh, just are ready to play these big matches at a national stadium in front of 50,000 people. Like, not an easy thing to do from a mental standpoint. So it's impressive that Callum McGregor is in that starting lineup and would be in that starting lineup every week if we played Rangers every week you would expect him to pick Callum McGregor and he was good again today he took his goal well he's one of the best finishers at the club and yeah what more can you say about him I, I would you know he was another 8 eight out of 10 player for me 8 or 9 yeah yeah I love the fact that he tracked back late on in the game I think it was um, the boy Windass and he tracked about 80 yards back and ended up winning the throw in, in the far hand corner so I, I just thought that summed up his performance he was industrious he was busy but he has real quality in his game as well and I think it, it does really kind of show the gulf between the teams again I mean can you imagine if Callum McGregor was playing for Rangers he would be looked at as probably one of Rangers best players and you'd hear all the hype from their fans about him when you see him going up against kind of some of their players that would maybe look at similar level in terms of kind of on paper the likes of Murphy and you see the the difference I know they're different kinds of players but you see the different impacts they have on the game I just think Callum McGregor's a, a fantastic player and I, I thought he was he was really really good today and obviously getting the goal as well as, as Paul said earlier he, he just can't stop scoring against Rangers he scores pretty much every game against them uh, and they're all they're all really similar goals he scores he's running on to stuff and he's the kind of the coolest man in the stadium most of the time in terms of when those those big chances arrive and when you look at remember the past the, the chance he, the kind of big thing about Callum McGregor is that he'd score long range goals but when the big opportunities arrived and the chances came he'd fluff them and that's just changed big time and, and that goal today was a perfect example of, of the player he's become uh, and the celebration as well was, was great as well yes Tom Rogic are we not getting a Paul view on oh. McGregor I gave my I gave my view on McGregor. I was Sorry, I, I kicked I'm it off. Struggling the night. I'm um, struggling the night. It's been eight, a long week. Eight out of ten <laughs> as well for me. I'll give him a eight. I will not quite nine, but 
more than seven. So I'll go with eight. Well done. Right, hey, Tom Rogic. Uh, well done. <laughs> Tom Rogic, John, take it away. Tom Rogic, fifteen out of ten. That's that's my rating. I just love Tom Rogic. I can't I can't rate him or look at him uh, objectively in any sense of the word because I'm just in love with him <laughs> and. He scores in every single big match, every single match that I deeply invested in. Tom Rogers is there to do the business for us. I can't say anything negative about him. He is perfection and a footballer, and I can't believe we've not tied him down to a long-term contract yet. I'm really scared he's going to have a really good World Cup for Australia and then fuck off. But he is... I would. I just love him. I would play him in every one of these matches. He's so good that he can play for 60 minutes... He played. He went off an hour mark today, and his job done. Like he didn't need to do anything else. He got his goal. He got us on our way. He finished superbly. Created space for himself against Ross McCrory, and just belted into the back of the net. And I just, I love him so much. I've got just. He's my favourite player by far at Celtic. I know there's more effective players on a more consistent basis. I know there's players who are more important to the identity of, of Brendan Rodgers' side. But there's no player at Celtic now or over the last few years that has given me as much joy as Tom Rogic and I just absolutely adore him. Yeah, he's probably a pretty safe bet for first goal scorer today um, he yeah. always seems to score against Rangers I just think, and it's a thing that we've known for years that he does, but I just think, and I'm always amazed by his, his ball keeping ability getting it in tight spaces <laughs> yeah. and his strength to hold players off, you can you can get loose there, you can get Tierney, you can get the two centre halves to fizz a ball at him and he'll either turn or he'll lay it off for Browner and Cham and he's just such a valuable player to have in these big games um, whether he can do it in Europe's a big another question that we need to look at but at this level um, and in these big games he's, he's just a, he's a glorious player Paul Yeah he is, he's, he's absolutely brilliant and his goal just like, epitomises how good he is the, the way that the picture I don't know if you've seen it there's five Rangers players on the line he's in the middle manages to make a yard of space by a brilliant touch although McCrory's not a great defender um, he's still there in, very, in close proximity to him but he manages to get that space and he basically slots the ball past uh, Fodringham with, with no real pace on it he just he picks it's his, a pass doesn't it uh, pass he, he, he does he passes into the net he picks his spot instead of blasting it like some people would do maybe, maybe like he has done before like the, the goal at Ibrox he did he blast into the net but he, he knew he had the time the space the awareness to do that and that's not a thing that many footballers have um, he can do it from inside the box, he can do it from outside the box, he can uh, do it from anywhere and he's just a, a player that is such a, a big game player, it's phenomenal. Um, I, I'm still not over, I'm still not over his treble winning goal, I'm sure every time he scores a goal, every time he's scored a goal since then, I'm half celebrating the goal that he scored currently and I'm half celebrating the treble winning goal <laughs> that he scored against Aberdeen because yeah. I'm still not over it, I'm still not uh, over it's, 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 I still I'm, can't believe he did that I, I, don't just, know, I don't know about you guys but I still find myself watching the highlights for that game oh, yeah. and again oh, it's just it's, it's amazing, it's amazing um, uh, but that, that goal today was brilliant just that Christ turn and then just the, the wee right footed finish into the net you, you just you knew it was in the minute you got that that space didn't you that's yeah. the, the most reliable thing about him for me it's a 9 yeah a 9 uh, well it's a 15 it's a 15 for me <laughs> it's a 9 out of 10 for me fantastic right Moussa Dembele uh, he's been subject of a lot of criticism this season one thing you'll say for him when the big games arrive he invariably turns up and today I thought he was the Moussa Dembele we know, he was holding the ball in, he was strong, he was quick, he was full of confidence, and he actually scored a, a chipped penalty goal 
against Rangers, so that on itself is probably worth about eight out of ten. And then <laughs> I'd assume the rest of his performance would, would top up to a ten, yeah. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I mean, I thought he was great. I went over it a bit earlier in the podcast, so I wouldn't go on too much. But I just like the criticism he does get. I think is fair because, but it's no different from basically anyone else in the Celtic in the Celtic team in these matches and these matches against the so-called lesser teams. We just look half the team that we do because of it must be a motivation or a challenge issue. The players don't feel challenged or or whatever it is. And as a fan, it is really frustrating to see the team like that. But in the case of Mr Dembele, you know he's going to deliver when it matters. So, like, it just doesn't really matter when he doesn't turn up against Hamilton, does it? In the grand scheme of things, it really doesn't matter that much if he's going to absolutely tear apart the Rangers' defence at Hamden the next week later. Yeah. Like, it's just like I'm willing at this point. I'm willing to 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 go with his lows to see him at his highs. Um, and I don't know if he'll be here next season. I hope he is, of course, but. He just he's such a good player. I think he could play at a higher level than Scottish football. I think he's too good for Scottish football when when he's motivated, fit and at his best, he's too good for, for this country. You mm. go down as one of the, the largest hunt scalpers of the twenty first century, wouldn't he, Paul? Yeah, absolutely. Um he can pop up with a goal and at times when we need a goal as well, he can score them. Today he was he was untouchable, I think. Uh, the Rangers' defence just simply can't live with a player like that. And I don't think any defence in the country, um, our defence couldn't live with them. There's not, there's not a chance that would be happening. Dembele would be scoring three against us um, if he was playing for a, a decent side. But I think he just... He, he, what John said, he, if he's shite against Hamilton and he's going to do this in the big matches in the semi-finals, then... Yeah, I think he can take that and he can always score goals in, in the smaller matches as well you've seen that last season popped up with a hat-trick after coming off the bench he is a phenomenal athlete a phenomenal football player and his vision awareness um, his control and his ability to find the pass um, that was his key today um, he, he found some passes that other players wouldn't even think about doing he's already thought about it 10 seconds before he's done it he's, he's a great player and the penalty was icing in the cake yeah definitely Uh Scott Sinclair came on as a sub and I laughed it was one actually one of the funny moments of the day because he was giving it all the ole 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 and the ball came with Sinclair and he gave it away and I was just thinking get that guy on holiday with Andy Halliday because uh, the season the season's just been an absolute nightmare give him the rest of the season off and say look report back in July or whenever it is and, and we'll, we'll talk again because it's just it hasn't happened this season it's just not going to happen and you may dream of a Amazing finale where he scores a winner in the Scottish Cup final. It's not happening. The season's over for him and it's just been a stinker. But it's, what can we say? He's a top scorer this season. I understand <laughs> that he's not had a good season. Like he's not had a good season to the standard that he set last season. I understand that he's gone through patches of pretty dire form. I understand like in minute to minute action, he can be incredibly frustrating. But at the same time, like without his goals or assists this season, we would be absolutely gubbed. We would be just way below the level we are now. We wouldn't be top of the league. So I find it hard to be really, really critical of Scott Sinclair. And I understand that because I know his form hasn't been as good and I know he isn't performing to, the, to where we want him to be. And I know that other players probably deserve a chance ahead of him. I mean, I would love to see Misonda get games. I don't know what's going on there, but... Just the, I can't be too critical of Scott Sinclair because he has still produced big moments this season. If you take a look at the season as a whole, 
over the you know the fifty or so games that he's played, then he's still contributed massively, arguably more than any other player in the team in terms of direct goals, which is what it's all about. Hmm. Right, we won't, we won't give a rating for him then because he's shite. <laughs> <laughs> right, Lee Griffiths came on and ripped the piss for a bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think he uh, gave him a 6 out of 10 for his head control. Um, <laughs> he, 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 he didn't really get a, a great chance. I think by the time Griffiths came on, they, we'd get him down to kind of second gear um, and, and strolled yeah. the rest of the game. So it's unfair to, I always find it unfair to rate subs unless they've done something fantastically brilliant. Um, but they, they never had enough opportunities, did they? And wee Paddy came on as well. I won a penalty, so. Oh, so he did. <laughs> so, <laughs> I forgot that. Um, aye, he, he was a, a contributor to, to the fourth goal, so um, that's a, a significant impact in the game. Um, but again, he didn't really have a, a huge amount of time or um, chances to, to show what he can do. Um, yeah, we're not we're not going to see the best end of the season because I think he's still getting back to full fitness and. I think it'll just. I think the season will end by the time he's motoring at hundred percent. So, it's it's really been a really frustrating season for him. Obviously, a much hyper rival last last year, last end of last summer, and then kind of struggled to get in the team because James Forrest was playing so well. And then he's you know he gets that hot like an injury that keeps him out for three months. Yeah. He's only getting back into the team towards the tail end of the season. Like it's really difficult to 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 be a player. When you you're kind of coming into a, a team that's kind of two thirds of the way through a season, and then you're kind of expected to reach the heights you had last season, and you're still trying to get back to full fitness, it's just a whole combination of factors that makes it really difficult for them. And I don't think we're going to see the best of them between now and the end of the season. And he was pretty he was all right against Hamilton last week. He wasn't great, um, but it's just it's, it's a real shame for him. I feel sorry for him. From yeah. then. Chances are we, we won't see him next season either because no. I think the, the line would probably be drawn there and City would probably be kind of duck or dive time for him, if you know what I mean. Um, right, what else is I going to talk about? I don't know. What about I was Bobby Martin's performance? I thought that was well, You can good. talk about him if you want. I, th- I just I thought that I'll know we maybe sound a bit strange because we won the game like quite easily, but I think I don't think he did anything really wrong and he got all the big calls right. Um, yeah, the one that I was waiting for was not giving Dorans a yellow card for that tackle, but he brought it back, done, gave, gave him the booking, and I would have sent him off for that. You could argue you could, I think, um, but the way the game was going, then um, the yellow card, I think, is probably the right decision, just because he's he's missed a player, um, right. and then the Brown Morelos kind of coming together books all three of the players because um, Doran's happened just after that we spot on yeah. Brown pushes on Morelis reacts and, and it's absolutely fair enough the two penalties were spot on and the rest of it was good so um, I think it deserves the referees don't get recognition when they play well they only get flack when they, they don't uh, do their job so I think he was good even Bobby Madden's a Celtic fan now so we're <laughs> motoring mm. and in the final the steel men of Lanarkshire Oh God! Yeah, uh, I watched a bit of that game on Saturday. I, I thought, uh, I thought Motherwell were really good. I mean, they, they make no bones about it. They get the, the ball forward. They, the ball. They, they, don't, <laughs> they do, they do. But I think that just makes it a fascinating final. I think it's going to be because we'll know we're in a game. We, we weren't yeah. in a game today. Motherwell will give us a harder game than Rangers. They did will. Today. They will. Um, they'll make things difficult. I think Curtis Main up top's a, a good player. I think he's busy. You know, Bowman will probably elbow someone. 
um, they've got their captain will be back for the final. I, I'm actually really looking forward to it. If I was kind of, if you were to cherry pick difficulty of opponents right now, I think Kelly would probably be the number one, followed by maybe Hibbs. Um, but I don't think Motherwell will be too far off that in a big game when they are, I mean it's quite fitting that it's Motherwell because if you were probably to associate one team with this season it would probably be them in terms of that three game pit spell we had and all the, the words and all that kind of thing and the fact they nearly got an unbeaten run um, I think they're a, they're a kind of fitting team and obviously we played them in the League Cup final they're the kind of fitting team to end their season against I, I'm really looking forward to that final um, and obviously the fact that there'll be there'll be more Celtic fans as well than there would be if we'd have played Aberdeen or, or Hibs or Hearts or Rangers it makes it interesting as well and gives us a better chance so I am um, it's funny the way things work out isn't it the, the kind of symmetrical treble last year with Aberdeen yeah. in both finals and this year Motherwell in both finals yeah I just I don't know how we're going to kind of deal with our top scorer what's his name again the Alan guy. Burrows Alan Burrows yeah the guy <laughs> scared of all our goals yeah <laughs> <laughs> just don't know how we're going to deal with him. I mean, he's great at the back as well. He's all over the pitch. So it's just like, Jesus. If we can cope Alan Burrows, then we might get a result, but it's a big ask. It's a big ask, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> right. Looking forward to that anyway. I'm sure we'll preview that <laughs> later on in the season. Um, when it, in the season, we'll probably, probably be our next podcast, won't it? <laughs> probably, yeah. I miss it. Yeah. Uh, right. I've got a couple of other things to tie up. I was at Kelly yesterday. Kelly against Hamilton. So they are mm-hmm. um, they are an excellent team. Their left back is a guy called Greg Taylor. I would sign him as back up to Tierney. Whether he would right. move or not, I don't know. Um, but I would ask the question seriously as a backup player who could take the pressure off Tierney and could you know kind of deputise if Tierney was injured or play if Tierney was knackered. I think he's a he's a kind of lesser a, a Tierney light if you will. Um, and I, I would really impress him yesterday. I think he's a very similar player. And I, I would seriously ask a question about him. Um, I would also even possibly look at Jordan Jones. I think he's a really, really talented player. No, he's, um, he's a, he's a staunch. Mr. Staunch. Oh, is he? Maybe Rangers he'll, will have him in the left wing in the next whole yeah, game. Yeah, he'll be, he'll be part of the staunchest next field, midfield next season, I think. Um, I, I'm pretty sure he's a Rangers man. Um, he's been okay in games I've seen him. I don't think he's... A, I think in terms of attacking talent for us we're looking for someone who's that extra bit special and I don't think yeah. Jordan Jones has that um, what about Malumba was he playing yesterday Did he was awful him? yesterday he was really poor um, was he yeah but I, but I would still I would seriously look at him as well I mean what it's kind of it's, there's not really much of a gamble he wouldn't be in large wages he'd be a free transfer yeah. I wouldn't see the, the kind of any risk really with signing Malumbu and I think at the very least he could take the pressure off Scott Brown I mean Malumbu could play some of the lesser matches uh, in, yeah, in the Premiership and that's take the pressure point. off Brown as he yeah. gets older because I just think um, I mean, he's, he's a glorious player isn't he? he's a really really good too, too good to he's be playing for a team like Kelly yeah. Yeah. And, um, uh, but they, they're about, brilliant Kelly they're, they're just yeah. absolutely flying and what about Chris Boyd would you sign him <laughs> <laughs> he's uh, he scored the most typically Chris Boyd goals he was about a yard out uh, and he did nothing else in the match but score a goal um, but he's uh, he'll, he'll dare I say it probably be in the nominations for player of the year um, I think Brown and Forrest will be in the nominations um, there's someone else I'm thinking of that I've completely forgotten about now that's a stick on to be in the nominations Uh it may come to me at some point, but I think you could well see Chris Boyd in there as well. Um, so. so, do you think Kelly can challenge for fourth, third? 
Second. There's only the only four points off Hibs now. I think second's probably a wee bit away from them just because the games are running out. But if the season was to go on another five or six games, they could they could finish second. Like they're the, the form team in the country. They play. They play and Aberdeen Rangers and Hibs. You know, if it's and us, us as well. And you honestly, they come to Celtic Park, and I think it's a Tuesday night game from right and yeah, so it'll probably be there. probably be the game when we are <laughs> resting players ahead of the cup final or, or trophy day. So I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I honestly went back against them taking maybe nine, ten points from those five split games because they've, they've got Hearts and Aberdeen at home. They'll probably win those two, uh, and then they they go to Ibrox. You'd, you'd fancy them against a Rangers team that's fallen apart at the at the seams. Um, but they are they're just they're just a really good team. But it shows what a manager's doing, what a good manager does. The same kind of bounce we had last season, they've had this season with Steve Clark. Um, the other thing I wanted to touch on was Saint Mirren getting promoted. They will be yes. joining joining the big boys next season. Yes. Uh, and they they're just another another good ac- addition to the league, I suppose. We're a really really good manager, um, and a kind of a big club with, with decent crowds. They're, they're probably probably right in saying that they are a top flight team. They definitely are, and they've done well. Kind of, I mean, Jack Ross has done an incredible job, and to from where they were, almost certain days to be relegated to absolutely storming the championship this year. I know the teams around them haven't been great. I mean, United have just been a total shambles, but. I mean, so they've done amazingly. I'm glad to have them back in division. I mean, I mean, we're we're getting our best player next year, though. We're getting Lewis Morgan in with 17 goals this season, 12 assists. I was talking about this to a pal. I would not be surprised to see us have a look at him in pre-season and maybe just realise that he's maybe not quite there yet and for him him end, up, end up back at St Mirren. I wouldn't be think? surprised yeah. to see that at all. Well, um, what about with the kind of waning form of Sinclair and kind of Misonda not yet showing his true potential... Like we need someone on that left side. Yeah. And we don't know how John Hayes is going to come back either from a long term injury. Jeez, got all the players, like he, don't could we? Be a, he could be a good option on on that left side. We've got so many players. You've still got sure Armstrong to fit into that midfield as well, yeah. possibly. I think he'll be away though, surely. Yeah, we'll, we'll possibly we'll need to kind of take stock in the summer and see exactly who we've got. Yeah. We'll maybe actually do a podcast on that and just because we've got Ryan Christie coming back as well. Oh, <laughs> so I really like, want him to get a chance. It's like I'm, I'm just so impressed by him. I've always liked him ever since his Inverness days. I've just I've always wanted him to get a proper chance at us, and he's never. It's just never quite worked out for him. He's only had a few starts or one or two starts even. So I'm desperate for him to get a few games for us and see what he can do. Am I right in saying Scott Allen still contracted us as well? Yeah, I think so. But is it, maybe his contract's up or something. I don't know. Right. Be interesting that'd be a good podcast actually just look at all the players we actually yeah. have and work out who has a future um, maybe that would give us an excuse to do another podcast at some point because we yeah. kind of need them at the moment yeah um, Yeah, I think that, that's pretty much us then unless you guys have anything else to add from the weekend I'm good I'm good no well, no, I, I think we've covered all bases <laughs> Paul's See, there's, there's, a, there's a delay in there's a delay in <laughs> Ayrshire apart. I'm just, so thinking, I'm just thinking about my Chinese oh. Oh. it's late too late for a Chinese Paul it's never too late for a Chinese Hamish it's half one in the morning. Uh, no, no, half one in the morning. It's when you come out of the pub, you have a Chinese. You're, right. you're hungry, you wake up in the morning, there's leftover Chinese, you have a Chinese. Right. You're rough, half four, the Chinese opens, you have a Chinese. It's never too late for a Chinese. Fantastic. Half We've four? Just been... oh, half four, right? <laughs> what, in the afternoon? Or the... Aye, I'm not sure what's worse. In the afternoon. All right, I thought you were talking about during the night. No, no, don't wake up during the night and go, oh, I can fancy a Chinese, no. No, I thought you were saying when you were, you were out. If you're out the night before and then you wake up and you're a bit rough and you watch your football and then the Chinese right. opens at half four in the afternoon and you place, <laughs> place your order and you I love the and fact you, you know exactly when your Chinese local Chinese opens at. Fantastic. Fantastic. Absolutely. Well, this has been fun, lads. Yes. Will we do another one of these podcast things soon? 
Yeah, I think so. I'm quite into your idea of looking at the future of Celtic. That'd be a good one. Right, let's do that next week then. Yeah. Right, who, who's our fixture next week? Oh, is yeah. it Hibs? Oh, God, we could win the Hibs. league, so yeah. we um, might need to partner We might need to do week. one. <laughs> yeah, well, probably our glory hunters will need to do one if we win the league, won't we? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sake. Right, thank you, John McGinley. Okay. Cheers, cheers, lads. Thank you, Paul Fisher. Thank you. I have been Hamish Carton. You have been listening to the Grand Old Podcast on the day that Celtic reached another Scottish Cup final. It finished Celtic 4, Rangers now. Enjoy it, and heel heel. Hail.